Thanks so much for that. I appreciate it. So grab your Bibles, open up to Philippians chapter 4. And boy, I've been waiting a long time to say that. <clears throat> One of the things that was absolutely confirmed uh, to me over the, the course of this sabbatical is that I like uh, teaching and preaching. Um, I can say that with uh, confidence and, and uh, comfort. And so uh, I'm just thankful for this opportunity that you give me. So today we're going to look at some verses at the end of uh, Paul's letter to the church, the Christians in Philippi. Uh, a few weeks from now, we're going to be starting a new series uh, from 2 Corinthians called Living for Jesus in a Messy World. And uh, so that's where we're going to be heading in a couple of weeks. But for now, uh, Philippians chapter 4, follow along as I read verses 15 through 20 says this, You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have in an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Father God, we are so thankful for the opportunity we've had this morning to gather together like this, to fellowship, to encourage and support one another, to worship you collectively, to lift our voices in praise to you. And so, Father, as we continue to worship now by looking into your word, we pray that you would uh, open our hearts, our eyes to the message that you would have for us today. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so one of the things that uh, DJ and I were able to do on this uh, sabbatical was to attend the National Evangelical Free Church Conference that was held down in Austin, Texas. And they, they hold that conference uh, every other year in various locations around the United States. And there were a couple of times in the past that I had really considered going to this conference, but, but just never had. This was the first one that we had ever been able to attend, and it was awesome. It was just a, a super encouraging conference for both of us. The, the main session speakers uh, were, were top-notch, and they were, they were challenging, but at the same time encouraging and building you up, and I uh, just uh, so much appreciated that. And then with each of the main sessions, there was also incredible times of worship through song, just as we are able to enjoy that type of thing. Most of you know that singing is not my particular forte. Um, I, I mean, I do enjoy that as a means of worship. I love to be able to do that as long as nobody else can actually hear me. Uh, it works out uh, uh, better that way. But, uh, but I do love uh, the worship we're able to have here. But singing, singing is not necessarily my number one way of connecting with God in worship. And I'm glad he gives us a variety of ways to do that. I know it works best that way for a lot of people, but it, it's not my number one way. And so usually, you know, after three or four songs, uh, I'm ready to say, oh, okay, that was great. Um, 
let's move on to something different. But there were times at this conference as we were into the different worship sets and, and this type of thing that all of a sudden I go, wait, what, we're, we're done already? I, I, I want to keep going. And I, I suppose for those of you that worship through song is your number one way, you probably feel like that every morning, every Sunday, and, and, and wish these things could keep going. Uh, then they had at this conference uh, just a plethora of what they called deeper learning tracks. And these were training sessions that you could go to with uh, um, uh, just a wide number of topics. I mean, they had one, uh, a forum on expository preaching, and they had one called the Gospel Culture and Human Sexuality Responding to the LGBTQ plus issues. Uh, Unleashing Creativity in the Church was a different one. Women in the Word was one. Seeking God for Spiritual Refreshment and Renewal. Uh, human Trafficking, God's Heart, Our Response. And I mean, just they had a ton of different ones. So many good ones that I, I found myself wishing that our entire church leadership team could have been there to take advantage of all these different ones. And uh, Larry Osborne uh, was there. He's the guy who wrote the book Sticky Church, which, which our leadership team read several years ago as we were uh, beginning to develop our small group ministries here. Uh, he was there doing one on uh, small, small groups and discipleship. And I took a ton of notes at that, you know, hoping we'll be able to have some discussion and find some things that might stimulate our thinking on what, what would be really effective here. What can we uh, do better in our situation? But, but anyway, through all of this, I mean, the conference was just a highlight uh, uh, of our sabbatical for both uh, me and DJ. And, and I'm only sorry now that it took me 29 years to go to the first one of these national uh, conferences. Uh, we enjoyed it so much that we're hoping that the next one, two years from now, we'll be able to work into our schedule and go again, only this time it's going to be held near Chicago, and so not, not quite as exciting a place as Austin, Texas, but, you know, we'll make that work. Um, one evening... Uh, we were at the conference, they were having Texas barbecue for dinner, and the Austin Oaks Evangelical Free Church, which was hosting this place, had set up a bunch of tables out in their courtyard, which was uh, surrounded by the three main buildings of their campus, and, and uh, DJ and I uh, loaded our place and then found a table under the shade because, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's hot in Texas, and, and uh, so we're under a shade tree, and a couple guys come by and say, hey, can we sit here with you? Sure, we can do that, and we get to talking. It turns out that those guys worked for one of the, uh, not the Rocky Mountain District, a different district of the Evangelical Free Church, and their primary job was to help churches and pastors plan for and then carry out a successful and fruitful sabbatical. And then he asked me what I was doing there. <laughs> and I said, I'm on sabbatical. And we were able to have a great conversation about how I could maximize the rest of uh, our time together. I mean, it's only one of those things that just God orchestrates and, and lets you know he's, he, he's there working on your behalf. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And one of the uh, suggestions... Uh, that uh, he gave, or the, these two guys, but one of them was doing the main talking, was that on the first Sunday back, I would do what they call a transitional sermon. I had no idea what that was, so he had to, to explain it to me. And, and basically the idea is that it would be a message that was kind of half preaching, but also half report on 
here's what DJ and I were able to do and how God worked uh, in and, and through us through the time. So that's what you're getting uh, this morning. So if it doesn't sound like uh, a regular sermon, uh, that's because it's not. Uh, I'm trying to, trying to follow this way. And, and in that district, actually, those guys that do that, they would actually come to the church and they would be the ones to preach that transitional sermon that Sunday so that the first week back, the pastor didn't have to worry about preparing a sermon. He could just get reconnected with everything going on and catch up with what's happening. And I understand that now because I spent a ton of time doing that this week and, and reconnecting and getting back in the groove and all this kind of stuff and catching up on issues and things that are going on. And it was hard to find all the time I needed to preach. But, you know, God's good. And he gave me the time uh, to prepare as I got back into the groove of things. And, and he... I believe, led me to this passage because I think I feel uh, through this sabbatical and, and even now the way the Apostle Paul describes that he felt in, in these verses. Now, when I say that, I, I want to make it clear I, I'm not comparing myself to the Apostle Paul. I mean, right, uh, this guy was uh, the top of the top in, in, in ministry, and he had a much more intense ministry than, than I have ever had. I mean, uh, in 29 years here, I have never once been beaten by angry mobs. Uh, I haven't been arrested or tossed into jail for preaching the gospel. I, I haven't been lashed 39 times uh, by uh, angry uh, religious leaders and I've never had people pick up rocks to try to stone me to death. And, and so I'm kind of thankful for that. I appreciate that uh, with this. But uh, there was you know, a, a difference in intensity between the ministry levels between Paul and I. And beyond that, we had different kinds of ministries, right? He was primarily an evangelist and church planter. And so he traveled around from area to area and very rarely stayed in one place for very long. In many situations, he was only in a town for a few weeks, a week or two. Uh, More commonly, it was a couple of months. Uh, In a limited uh, few situations, he did stay uh, a couple of years or a little bit longer. I I just read this week a a research... um, uh, by uh, LifeWay Research did a, did a poll, and they found that the average tenure of a pastor right now in the United States is 3.6 years. 3.6 years. Well, the Apostle Paul, he, he may have only reached that level once. I mean, he was in and out. So we have totally different kinds of ministries in, in that type of thing. So there's a lot of differences between our circumstances. But there's some similarities that connect us as well. Uh, For instance, he had the support of one primary church in his ministry. Now, that's what was sustaining him. You look at verse 15. It says, You yourselves also know, uh, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. As far as an ongoing, regular support so that the Apostle Paul could focus 100% on the ministry and the things that God had called him to do that way, there was only one church that was fully supporting him, just as there's one congregation that is supporting me. Now, in his case, they were supporting him so he could travel around and plant these different churches. In, in this case, you guys have been supporting me so I can focus 100% on, on ministry 
here rather than having my time divided between um, supporting my family, myself in other ways. So uh, that's a, a, a thing that's a consistency between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another similarity comes in verse 18. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma and acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And the key phrases in those, uh, that verse, of course, would be have an abundance and amply supplied. Uh, that's what Paul uses to describe the support he had received and the way it made him feel. And DJ and I feel that way uh, on a normal, regular, perpetual basis here. I mean, you guys have more than supplied our needs on, on just an ongoing basis, and we are so grateful for that. But, but in this sabbatical, I mean, you've gone above and beyond even that. That, that word amply supplied, the single word in, in, in the Greek there, literally means made full as in completely. Can't be any fuller. Th- think of Thanksgiving dinner, okay? Uh, you know, you have eaten everything you can possibly eat and then just a little bit more because it was there and now you're laying on the couch, your hands are kind of wrapped around your distended stomach and you're kind of groaning and, and even though there's you know, other food still laying and uh, scattered around, nothing even looks appealing. You couldn't possibly desire anything else because you are absolutely full. Well, that's, that's the meaning of this amply supplied or, or having an abundance. And because of, of your guys' generosity and, and, and sacrificially giving, uh, we, you, you amply supplied DJ and I with a, a special gift for the sabbatical. And because of that, we were able to experience and do a lot of things that we would not otherwise have been able to do. And one of those things was being able to take an extended camping trip with just the two of us, just DJ and I. And, and that was important for us in, 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 for several reasons. One, uh, I mentioned uh, earlier that my number one way of connecting with God in worship is not song. Uh, for me, uh, the way I... I, I uh, the, just the pinnacle of drawing near to God for me in worship is by quiet and solitude out in nature. Uh, when, when I am outside and experiencing what God has created and looking around, I cannot help but be drawn closer to Him and thinking about what a great and awesome God He is, especially when I get to experience something new or different or unusual or, or, or special. So we, we started this camping trip up in the Rocky Mountains outside of Laramie, Wyoming, a little over 9,000 feet. We were up there camping, uh, and, and there was still snow on the ground in, in some of the areas in, in the middle of June where we were at. It was, but it was, it was pretty awesome. And when you're up in the mountains like that, away from all cities, away from any other light pollution, the stars are just incredible. I was gazing up one night uh, everybody else had gone to bed, and so I'm sitting. The fire's just almost completely gone, so it's not a distraction, just a few coals there. And looking up and, and, and looking at the Milky Way as it spread across there, it's just, it, was like, it was just flowing across the sky. It was so 
so thick. And, and, you know, nobody can count them, but scientists uh, estimate that there's around 200 billion stars in just the Milky Way galaxy, uh, give or take 10 or 20. And, 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 uh, and I don't know how many stars I could see that night, but it seemed like all 200 billion of them. I mean, it's just covered. And, and, and when you're out there like that in the mountains and it's, the air is so thin, it's almost like you can just reach up and touch one. It just seems like they're so close and, and covered around that. And, of course, we, we know they're not close, right? Our, our solar system, which is, you know, located in one little spiral arm of the Milky Way called the Orion arm, our solar system is about 30,000 light years from the center of the Milky Way galaxy, okay? Uh, a light year, you know, I'm sure you're all familiar with that, is, is the distance traveling at 186,000 miles per second that light would travel in an entire year. So think about the distances there. There are 31,536,000 seconds in a year. So to figure out how far we are from the center of our galaxy, which is just one galaxy in the expanse of the heavens that God has made, you would have to take 31,536,000 times 186,000 times 30,000. And that's how many miles. That's a long road trip. And as I'm looking up and gazing at those stars, and that expands, I, I couldn't help but think the heavens are telling of the glory of God. And their expanse is declared, their expanse, that distance, their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. I'm not sure how a heart cannot be filled with worship when gazing into a night sky like that. You know, the, the, the eclipse... That, that was way cool this, this last week. I, you know, hopefully you guys got to experience that. That's a way cool thing. As long as you took uh, you know, the proper precautions with, with eye gear like you're supposed to do. I mean, they announced that, right? Over and over and over on the radio. Don't look at the sun. You've got to have special glasses. Protect your eyes. Do all this. But even so, on the day of the eclipse, there was multiple trips into the ER and, and, and on record, there was uh, multiple trips for one particular reason. You know what it was? People had put sunscreen on their eyeballs thinking that would protect them from the sun. <laughs> True story. I mean, can you picture that? How did, you can say, hey, Bubba, you, you come, I'll hold my eyes open while you spray by sunblock on my eyes, right? You know, ah, he's like this, you know, going, ah, it's better. Well, maybe it'll feel better when I gaze at the sun. Ah, you know, you just go like this, and you know, Bubba's over there going, hey, I can help. I got the kind with cocoa butter, you know, and I, who does that? So, you know, if, if you did it cor- correctly, you know, the eclipse was a way cool thing. It's like one of those uh, every now and then type of things that God does just to get our attention in the heavens. You know, hey, remember me, I, I'm up here. But every night, the stars are out there for us. 
I love Isaiah 40, 26. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. I like that, the way that verse starts, right? It doesn't say lift up your eyes on high and marvel at the stars, wonder at the stars, be in awe over the stars, which we all are if we get that opportunity to seem like that. But he says, look, lift up your eyes and, and then see what? See who created these stars. Be drawn to God, the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. That's our God. And because of this sabbatical, I was able to reconnect in an intimate and special and uninterrupted and extended way through my number one way of worshiping and connecting with God, uh, which is that time of quiet and solitude in, in nature. And that's a special gift. And I want to thank you guys for it. DJ and I spent about seven weeks camping, and uh, day after day, I was connected with God in the glory of His creation. I took some really cool pictures, and, and, and I was going to show them to you, but they're all still on my phone. Um, I, I tried this week. I spent hours this week trying to get them from my phone to the computer. Went to, to Verizon and bought a special cord to this is the easy way to get them from there. Didn't work. Uh, nothing. So you guys don't get any pictures, but that's okay. Uh, uh, for me, spending this time in the glory of his creation, it was like one great, big, long, awesome worship service, and it was refreshing to my soul. And everybody asked me the same question. You know what it is? What was the best part? What was your favorite part? What did you like the most? It's one of the, you know, that type of question. And it's really hard to answer it because as we're going along on this, we would say, oh, that is so spectacular. That was the best thing. And then we'd move on to something else. And, and I, we went to Antelope Canyon in Arizona. Incredible pictures. I wish I had some of those. I could show you this. The rock formations through this canyon are amazing. If, you know, Jesus said, if you stay silent, the rocks will cry out. These rocks were already crying out the glory of God. It was, it was amazing. And then we went to Carlsbad Cavern in New Mexico and just a huge, beautiful cave. In that cave, they have one rock formation. It's just this huge, uh, maybe three stories tall, I don't know, a pile of flowstone coming down 40 feet in diameter. Absolutely huge and magnificent. Uh, Guess what the name of that formation is? Rock of Ages. Oh, that was aptly named because it made you think of just what an awesome God uh, we have. Uh, We went to Crater Lake. Uh, Crater Lake is absolutely beautiful. It's a lake completely filled by snow Snow melt. There's no other means of uh, of uh, filling that lake, but uh, but snow melt and just crystal clear, beautiful. It's the clearest lake in the United States. You can see 144 feet down into the lake, and, and it is freezing cold. And everywhere we went, uh, DJ wanted to wade in, in the water just to you know try these different things. It was breathtaking. It was especially breathtaking for DJ when she was wading and fell in. And, and uh, but but that's another story. So. Uh, you could do that. Uh, went to Mount Rainier. Wouldn't you know God's timing? We were there right when all the spring wildflowers are blooming. We had wildflowers along that base of every imaginable color. Uh, and, and it was just awesome. 
Uh, We sat along the Oregon coast watching the waves crash against the rocks, spraying up in there. You got some cool pictures of the rocks spraying up and all this kind of thing. I could do that for hours. It's just mesmerizing. But of all the places we went to, if DJ and I tried to have to, to narrow it down to what was our favorite, it was probably the Redwoods. And just walking among those massive trees, uh, pointing to God in the heavens, right? It's just, it, it was incredible. It's a, a, almost a mystical experience as you're doing that. And, and, and we love that. But no matter which one you would pick as your favorite, the glory of God, the, the splendor of, of His was on full display. We traveled some 8,000 miles seeing all these different things, and it was just an awesome opportunity for us to draw near to God. So I thank you for that. And the trip was good for me and DJ for another reason as well. As most of you know, um, things are changing in our life uh, pretty soon. We'll join the ranks of, uh, of the empty nesters and things will be different around our house. And, and not only that, but most of you know that DJ has determined to, decided to go to college. Uh, in fact, started the classes this last week. And so now I'm married to a college freshman. And uh, I'm not, not sure how many 50-year-old men can say that, but, uh, 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 you know, this sabbatical uh, gave us an extended time to just focus on our relationship with one another, to, 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 to build it, to strengthen it, and, and to renew, to spend those times together. And that is an important and special gift. And, and again, we thank you for that. And this sabbatical also provided a time for emotional and spiritual rest. Uh, and I know that while Dwayne uh, Laughlin was here, you did a study on the life of a, uh, Elijah. And I love, I love his preaching, and I know um, you were blessed by it as well. But I know that means you already delved into uh, Elijah's emotional uh, breakdown after his confrontation with the prophets of Baal. And, and, you know, spiritual depression and emotional and spiritual exhaustion, that, that can happen any time after intense or ongoing uh, ministry. When the Apostle Paul was talking about all the difficulties and the hardships uh, of his life and ministry, after listing a bunch of the uh, physical trials that he went through, he topped it off by saying, apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. And when he says churches there, he's not, you know, talking about structures and buildings. He's talking about the people. And one of the great aspects of being a pastor is the privilege of entering into the life of others in both the joys and the struggles. I mean, it's exciting for me, and I love it when people call and, and, are, and are excited to talk about it, and they share how God's been working in their life and what they've done, or they've taken another step in their f- journey of faith, and they said, hey, I've just learned this and been knowing this and, and doing that, and, and that's exciting. But uh, I get to the joy of weddings and baby dedications and these things that are just joyous family events. But of course, I'm also drawn into the trials and the hardships that people face. It's the pastor that they call for hurts and, and for fears and doubts and conflicts and uncertainty and, and so much more. And beyond that, I'm usually there when people stumble and, and fall and need help picking up the broken pieces. Or people come to me 
and, and they want advice or counsel. And usually I'm able to help them pinpoint, you know, the biblical path. Here's what God says. This is what we should do. But often I've had the heartache of watching people that hear that and then veer off that path or choose their own way anyway. And, and my heart just aches because, because then I'm just watching and waiting for the train wreck that will inv- inevitably happen. And I'm not complaining. God, God wired me to be involved in those things and to work that way. And, and as I was doing that, working, you know, going on day after day, I, I felt fine. But I didn't realize the emotional strain and drain that was there until I had this opportunity to step away for this extended time. And, and by way of full confession here, I slept a lot on the back sabbatical I, I, I slept a lot and and I want you to know that rest was great but not just the physical rest more important I rested emotionally and spiritually as well and I feel like God refreshed my soul through this so I could come back with batteries fully charged and ready to go and again I am thankful for that gift that you have given so personally and as a couple uh, this sabbatical is really good for us. And maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, that, that's great. You know, I'm, I am really glad that you were able to do that. I'm, I'm glad that you had that blessing in your life. But I'm, I'm not sure that this is really a message for me, uh, for me personally, because, you know, my boss is never going to give me a sabbatical. And so what does it really have to do with me personally? Well, let me just, as we end, try to show you a couple of things from this passage of what God says and how he says it affects you. First of all, because of of your generosity, that's why DJ and I were able to even do this and go on this sabbatical. And look how God views that generosity in verse 17. Not that I seek the gift itself, he says, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. When you give sacrificially for spiritual purposes, God views that as profit to your account. You are doing, as Jesus advises, uh, storing up treasure for yourself in heaven, and that is no small thing. You know, in the investment world down here, they're always talking about the ROR, right? Rate of return. Oh, yeah, what's your rate of return that you're getting? Have you ever wondered what God's rate of return is when he says he's increasing this to your account, to your profit? Have you ever thought about that? I I wonder what that means. I mean, we don't know exactly what that means. We don't know exactly how this treasure in heaven works. But but I can guarantee you this, if God's increasing it and he's putting it to your profit, that's probably a pretty good thing. But there's a second, more practical, more here and now benefit as well. Look at verse 19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, the context here, of course, is is Paul talking about the financial support that he had just received from them. And he was letting them know, yes, God's going to, you gave, but God's going to be watching out for you as well. But he was speaking in, in much broader terms than just financial needs. I mean, look what he says there. He, he, he spoke of all their needs, all their needs, not just financial ones. And those needs would be filled how? In Christ Jesus. In Christ. And, and Jesus does a whole lot more than just meet 
your physical needs. So you may not have the privilege of being able to take a sabbatical, even though if you were here for my last sermon before I left, I, I said that that is becoming more and more common in the, in the corporate world. People are starting to figure out, hey, these are good things for everybody. But, but yeah, that may never happen uh, for you in your situation. But uh, that doesn't mean that God doesn't still want to meet your needs in a special way. He wants to meet your emotional, your relational, your spiritual needs, not just your physical ones. Because every single one of us has a life that can drain us. We have demands upon us from other people that can be a strain or germane uh, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. And you may be weary in need of rest. Your emotions may be running at a a uh, high level, and you desperately need some downtime just to, to bring them down. And what will that look like in your life? Well, I, I'm not sure. I mean, that's something you and Jesus has to have to work out, but maybe you need to be planning to take a day, just a day, and disconnect from everything else. Get out in the woods, away from everyone else. Here's a real radical idea. Leave your cell phone at home and worship as you walk through the trees. Pray as you sit by a lake and soak in the grandeur of God. Get somewhere where you can have some quiet and solitude and be with God. Read your favorite passages from the Bible. Read them. It's, a, it's amazing. Take your Bible out somewhere alone and just read your favorite passages and see how God begins to speak to you. Pour out your needs of your heart to Him, and He will pour into you. And, and maybe, maybe nature is not uh, where you connect best with God. Uh, the idea here is pinpoint what it is that does work for you. How do you connect? Maybe it is in music. And you just need to dedicate this time. Maybe it's in some other ways. Pinpoint what works for you and then do it. Maybe you can't carve out a whole day, although I would bet with a little bit of work and planning, most of us could, but maybe you can. Maybe you could do half a day. Maybe you'll do a couple hours early in the morning or at night after the kids go to bed or something. But here's the point. You have a promise from God that He will meet your needs. And He's not just talking about food and rent. He wants you to have peace, rest for your heart, your emotions, your relationships, your spirit. So find the way that you best connect to Him and then spend some time doing it. He won't let you down. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for what an awesome God you are and that you've invited us to connect with you and that in that you have promised to be with us and to meet our needs. And so God, we're so thankful for the different ways in which you do that. And we pray this morning that each of us would be able to feel that refreshment that comes from that connection with you. We pray you give, I, I ask that you give each person here a special time and way to do that, that you would refresh all our souls. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen.